Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty, abundance, and impact. To learn more about Rise Up Kings, go to riseupkings.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Brant Hansen, welcome to the show. I want to. I'm very excited to have you on, on the show, Brant. Uh, you've spoken at our RuckCon and uh, one of our uh, group settings. And for those of you that don't know, Brant, he is the author of Unoffendable, a very, very popular book uh, right now, and The Men We Need, and a couple other books. He is a well-known radio show host and has his podcast and just making a huge impact with with men and Christians and non-Christians, just making an impact in people's lives overall. And so I'm excited to dive deep with you, brother, and uh, yeah, have some some questions that I have answered and uh, share some of your wisdom with with uh, with our listeners. Thank you. Glad to be here as always. Yeah, and for the listeners, wh- where are you out of, Brant? I live in Jupiter, Florida which is like popular now because of the golf show on whatever it's called full swing. I think it's called, but all, like all the golfers live in this area for whatever reason. it's, it's, I'm not into golf. I'm not good at it, but um, that's a lot of people know Jupiter from all that. Yeah. Fantastic. A funny story, actually. Not, not really funny, kind of embarrassing, but I went out and played some golf yesterday, uh, last night with my nephew. I became a part of a, I joined a country club. I'm not, I'm not a country club guy, but I joined one anyway. <laughs> And uh, it's local. So we went out for the first time. We lost, uh, we got to five holes. I lost eight balls. And uh, we, uh, we had a lot of fun though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, I don't see very well. So I had to do like this celebrity, whatever, whatever tournament. I didn't even want to. My manager at the time made me at the radio station. I lost 23 balls in the whole <laughs> yeah. it's just It's just not that rewarding. I don't know. So yeah. I don't know. It it's takes great. time to get good at it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, I joined it. I'm going to get good at it. It's uh that was a good starting place <laughs> for me. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'd love a lot of your story, right? Your journey, which uh, we have a saying, our mess becomes our message, right? The things we've gone through really end up becoming a part of our message. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, uh, about your story, about your past, maybe your childhood growing up, uh, and, and and how that's how that's impacted how you impact people currently. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm from the Midwest, and my dad was a pastor of small town churches, um, and so we grew up with the Bible and preaching, lots of preaching. So it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then revivals, which would go on for a week or whatever, uh, and. My parents are still alive and I love them dearly. My mom is awesome. And she remarried ultimately a, a, a guy. I have a stepdad named Smitty who's priceless. Uh, and I love my dad, but it was very traumatic. It was a, a scary home, violent <clears throat> times. Um, and my dad was 
he would say he was a mess. Uh, and so they, they wound up getting divorced after a lot of trauma. We would move like every year to a different town, sometimes nine months. And then we'd, he'd find another church or something or need to move. And uh, so they got remarried to each other. My mom just desperately wanted to make it work and she wanted to believe it would work. Uh, but then they got divorced again when it was obvious, well, you know, it's not going <clears> to. <throat> so I probably moved 17 times before I got out of high school, something like that. And my brother and I went through a lot of fear and trauma in our home. And we had to square it with having to go to church and listen to dad preach constantly. Mm. And people would say, people would say, isn't your dad, that's, he's such a great man of God. Or they would I'm like, you don't know people. People can be anything on stage. People can say anything, profess anything. <clears throat> so that that's been very shaping to me. Uh, also, I've been diagnosed years ago, you know, on the autism spectrum. And that was very shaping as well. Uh, just trying to fit in socially, read social cues, all that sort of thing. And I think not to just sum everything up and put a bow on it, but I think I do see how both of those things have been helpful to me. It's a lot of pain, but like I'm in radio, right? Like, so I don't have to read anybody's body language. Um, and were I good at other stuff, maybe I wouldn't have done that. And it's gone really well. I didn't even plan it. It just worked out this way. And the church hurt, like the, the hurt that I went through in the Christian context, I'm already extremely skeptical by nature, extremely. Uh, and going through that, I, I had to come full circle on this. I'm so skeptical. I was, I skeptic myself right back to Jesus basically is what happened. Because <laughs> so, when you see that level of hypocrisy and showtime, Christianity, when the lights are on and then you're scared to be in your own home, uh, that makes you struggle. And I, I have. And honestly, Jesus is the only one that I can tell who actually acknowledges human sin because some people don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to talk about sin. No such, you know, we're all good or whatever. Like, I don't believe that for a second. Like just human Human nature is obvious, and it has been. Like the first cave drawings we have are of humans killing each other. No kidding. Like Cain and Abel. This goes way back. I know we're. I know there's. I know the world's broken. Jesus is the only one that actually acknowledges it and then does something about it. So when he calls out religious hypocrisy, when he calls out human nature and our addiction, our own self righteousness, that's just like sweet music for me when he calls religious leaders out for acting like they're big time when inside they're not like this makes sense to me. And I don't, I don't know where else to go that makes nearly as much sense as Jesus. I don't think the alternatives to Jesus add up. I think there's a lot of, a lot of denial that people are in. Um, so I'm, I'm very skeptical, but it's chased me back around to Jesus and uh, so yeah, that's been very shaping in my life. The other thing I would say about, about going through stuff with religious hypocrisy is 
And, and by the way, that's that's a common theme. A lot of guys that come through our events, right? Not a, a decent amount have had some level of trauma in that area. And we call trauma meaning where they've they've just gone through some difficult times with religious hypocrisy and uh, just very, very uh, uh, difficult situations where they had to choose between uh, the religion and then the relationship uh, yeah. with Christ and just this navigating that. And so I love that you're speaking to this. Uh, I don't think we've had anybody on the show talk about yeah. this specific topic. Yeah. Well, let me, let me say this to a person who's listening that can, can resonate with this because you're right. There's a lot of people I had to realize too, like, okay, even though there's a lot of hypocrites, religious hypocrites, and even though, I can't let them stop me. Like if I decided not to believe in Jesus as a result, I'm letting them stop me from the best relationship of my lifetime. Why would I do that? Like my dad. Yeah. Right. Got it. But why would I let that stuff stop me? (laughs) Like I wouldn't, I want to give people that kind of power. The the hypocrites in the news, you know, the, the fake Christians that get busted or whatever, however you want to look at it. Like, some people are like, well, I can't be a part of that. Like, are these hypocr- like, but but if God wants to know me, that's really the question, right? So why would I miss out on that? Um, the other thing has been when when I'm talking on stage or I'm on the radio, I think people can tell that I don't want to say anything that I don't actually believe because it it drives me crazy. You know how you don't want like there's certain things about your past. You're like, I do not want to repeat this from my past, my, you know, my dad or mom or something like. So that actually makes for good radio, because even though I'm on a lot of Christian stations, I think I've heard from a lot of people that our show just kind of jumps through the radio because I'm just, I'm not saying this stuff for my health and I'm not saying this to impress you. I'm really not. It would it skeeves me out if I hear myself say anything I don't actually believe. Hmm. So. I just so don't want to do that. I just do not want to use religious language to manipulate people or try to impress people. But the the neat thing about that is there's a lot of people who are listening that don't want that either. Mm. So if you can if you can genuinely own up to your own stuff and point people to the kingdom, well, that's that's pretty compelling communication, right? So in that way, I think it's been again, I think it's been a blessing. I wouldn't want to go through any of that garbage again. And I'm not even saying it outweighs all that stuff. It was traumatizing. But on the other hand, I do see where God has used it to bless other people, add value to their lives. That's what that means. And also to add value to my life. He's actually made something out of it. So hopefully if you're, if you're listening to this, you might be able to see some of the same things happen in your own life where it's like, man, I wouldn't want to go through that again, of course, but it's wild how it winds up being a blessing somehow. So I, I do think that's how God operates. Mm-hmm. What uh, let's talk, let's talk for a minute about uh, masculinity and your your viewpoint on this is just just so uh, profound uh, and straightforward uh at the same time so uh, can you can you talk about the being the keeper of the garden and and where that where that came from yeah so adam was given this job and when people are 
talking about what is masculinity supposed to be really, and they have a tough time, even in the Christian realm, actually painting a picture of it in a distinct way. They'll just be like, well, everybody should be like Jesus. That's true. But what is, what is masculine? That's actually like when we're at our best, it's, it's really distinctly masculine what we're made for. And I think it's that job. So Adam was given this job of keeper of the garden. And that means somebody who's a protector of the garden, like a, you know, you're, and someone who cultivates, like, that's what you do. You bring order out of chaos and like vulnerable species in that garden get to thrive because you're there because you're protecting it. Cause you're, you're, you're doing what you need to do to cultivate these vulnerable things. So I actually think that that's what we are made for. That is masculinity. And if we're actually being a keeper of the garden, just I, I call our gardens like whatever our um, whatever our realm of influence is, our sphere of influence, that's my garden. So it starts obviously with my own life and my own home, my own kids, my own, then it radiates outward. But I'm supposed to be a keeper of that. And that means people around me should thrive because I'm there. The vulnerable, especially like vulnerable little plants that can't survive out in the wild. Well, they can bloom and flourish in a well-kept garden because they're protected and cultivated. So that's what I feel like my job is. It just so happens. And I try to communicate this to guys, as you know, is like, it's wild that women find that extremely attractive when we do that. And ultimately that's what they're actually looking for from us. It's not not domineering at all. It's it's quite the opposite. It's life giving for them. They feel secure around us, not threatened. They feel secure because we're there. So we have this masculine strength. We have we have these traits, but we can no matter what you're maybe you're an accountant or you're an engineer or you're a you know professional weightlifter or MMA guy, it doesn't matter. You can use whatever you have to be a keeper of the garden. And people around you are better off because of what you're what you're embodying. I think that's our job. I think women know it intuitively. And that's why that's what they're yearning from when they get married, for instance, from us and their husbands. How is this? Where do you see? uh, And you talk about safety, right? You talk about safety a lot. And right. Like women, children, like people should feel safer when we're around. I love that. I love that statement. Like if we're in the room. Right. There should be a level of safety and protection that they feel whether or not uh, and they should be safer, whether or not we're actually they're They're even aware that we're in the room. Right. Just right. by being there, they are safer. Uh, it's just uh, p- powerful. It's so powerful. And you also talk about how. Uh, right. Especially with our wives, how they should feel safe around us and how many times men have created an environment where they uh, our wives don't feel safe. Our wives right. have been maybe betrayed by us where we've uh, lusted after other women. We've had eyes for other women and they no longer feel that level of safety, right. which is creating an environment where uh, there's just damage being done to, to that vulnerable to our, our to, to the, you know, it was, it was interesting. My wife, um, my uncle told me, he said, uh, when I, when I was, uh, uh, I was young, I was being mentored by him. And he said, Skylar, if you can ever find a woman that is kind hearted, marry that woman, like huh. kind hearted, sweet, caring. And and so that always stuck with me. And so when I met Jessica, 
she was just the most kind hearted, like woman, like wouldn't hurt an animal. If, I mean, even I mean, she was just like kind hearted. And so I knew right off the bat, I'm like, this is who I want. And though with that comes a whole new level of responsibility on my part. Right. right. Because she's right. vulnerable at that point. Yes, that is right. So I read this in another book. So I included it in mine because it hit me right in the face. And I, I mentioned it at RuckCon. But we as guys are like, oh, I'll keep my home safe. No intruder could come in here. You know, I won't mess with that. Like if anybody tries to come in my house and mess with my wife, you know, they're going to the hospital or worse. Okay. That's that's legit. I get it. That's uh, uh, that's right. You should do you should do that. But this guy pointed out, he's like, you know, most of the time that doesn't really happen. We don't really have intruders in my house very often. Most of the time, the intruder is me. I'm the problem with my words, with my sarcasm, with my lack of response to my wife. That's what makes her feel insecure. See, we can pat ourselves on the back for being a tough guy, but it's like, look, most of the time it's your words. And you can really hurt your wife with one exchange, cut her to ribbons. She can also probably crush you if she wanted to verbally, but it's like, that's the guy I need to protect my wife from is me when I'm a sinner. And that's real. Like, again, it, it hit me. So I'm like, wait a second. That's right. If she's going to feel safe and secure, it's going to be mostly from our, just our interactions where I, I'm not sarcastic with her. And I don't go for the jugular and I'm constantly building her up so that she can thrive and bloom. That's really helped me. And I think that's where a lot of guys need to start. Um, it's true too. You can be incredibly good looking, like be a professional weightlifter. You could be a six, four NFL guy, but if you make your wife feel insecure because you're flirting with other women or whatever, for whatever reason, she feels insecure. Maybe you're too into your own body all the time. It's all you think about 24 seven. Like that's not going to help her feel secure. She actually won't be attracted to you. Even if you're a great looking guy, because you don't make her feel secure. And conversely, you don't have to be model perfect or even close to it. You can be a regular looking guy, but if you make your wife feel super secure, you're golden. Like you are a very attractive man. And that's incredibly good news. If you, you can't be the men's health cover guy. Well, okay. But actually what a woman is looking for is much, much deeper than that. And it gets down to this security thing and your willingness to cultivate and protect the vulnerable, including her. Hmm. Yeah, they actually wanted me for a shoot for men's health. I uh, turned it down. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I got the gig. I think it was because you turned them down. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw you on the cover. I was wondering. I was wondering how you got that. Uh, what? Uh, so it's interesting. And, and the, the reason this resonates is I've made so many mistakes. Right? I, I talk about her being kind-hearted. I've I've kind of jacked. I jacked it up. You know, early on. Ended up cheating on her when, when we first got uh, got together after making a big commitment to her. Struggled with pornography for many years throughout the marriage. I mean, man, I just I'm grateful she is who she is, considering some of the damage that I did and uh, not protecting her by the way I was behaving, right? And and so let's talk let's talk about pornography and. And some of the impacts of, of porn, porn, porn was a, I, I found my first porn magazine when I was 12 
in a tree house and uh, became hooked ever, ever since. Right. Wow. And so just fairly recently, I've been completely porn free to the point where I don't even it, it eventually graduate, you know, graduated to just not looking at hardcore porn, then eventually Instagram and then struggling to look at an image a little bit too long. And then I'm in a beautiful place right now, thankfully, where it's not even it's not even that I can just move on if there's a beautiful woman and and not, you know, stare at it or dig deeper into it. And so I uh, but man, for most of my life, it was a major challenge to not. And as a Christian, I had so much shame and guilt around looking at porn Uh, and even into my marriage. I'm like, mother effort, like, why can't I break this thing? You know, it was just it was just it was beating me up. Like, even if it was a couple times a year, I would, I would share it with Jessica. And then even more damage would happen to the relationship. It was just this cycle that Satan had uh, as a stronghold and just, and so, so for, for, and a lot of men struggle with this. I've, I've found out as I started sharing my story. And so let's, let's talk about porn a little bit, the effects uh, of porn or just anything that you feel would be relevant. Oh gosh, I you know I was on a focus on the family not long ago about the men's book that I wrote men we need but like and Jim Daly who I really liked I really really like him like I think he's awesome and um but he did the thing where he he brought up you know pornography is destroying men's lives can you believe you know seventy percent of guys say they struggle with porn that is really horrible that they're doing that and I totally understand what he's saying but I also wanted to be I wanted to make a point which was, it is awful, but you know what? I feel sorry for us. It's not supposed to be this difficult. Like no men have never had access like this ever, 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 ever. And this has fallen on us at this particular time in history. If we, if I was in 1200s France or something, I'm not dealing with this all the time. I might have lust issues. I might have trouble in some other area, but I'm going to be around people all the time. I'm going to be doing stuff probably physically all the time. I'm not going to have any privacy whatsoever. I'm going to be part of a community that knows me inside and out and me, them. Um, It might be a short brutish life that I would live, but I wouldn't have this problem. And I don't know how, like, I just feel sorry for us. And I want to talk about the shame thing. Because what I'm trying to tell guys, especially younger guys, because I get a lot of emails from people because my radio show and the books and stuff, but the younger guys that are struggling with this, I'm like, do not let this stop you from talking to God. Do not. Because what will happen is you get ashamed of yourself. So you don't want to listen to Christian music. You don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to pray. You don't want to talk to God about anything else because you're like, I'm so shameful. I'm so dirty. Like, that's what Adam did. He hid from God. But the wild thing is after Adam sinned, he and Eve, God comes closer into the garden. And he wants to go for the walk. And he says, Adam, where are you? Like we used to walk together. What happened? But Adam didn't show up because of his sin. Like that's the real problem. The deepest problem is this will stop you from growing in other areas of your life. And it'll thwart your 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 relationship with God. In addition to other things, that can it'll mess with your brain. It can destroy your sex life, obviously, uh, especially if you're younger. But at all ages, it's 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 
toxic in every single possible way. Not to mention, you know what really helps me avoid avoid the temptation is just the, the stats about human trafficking. That's very difficult to square with with like no. I am not doing this to people. Mm-hmm. The human being on the other end of this, like whoever's making this, whoever's being exploited, like I am not fueling this. That, for some reason, that's just an extra. That was a that was a big deal to me. Um, it's interesting. On that note, right? That's kind of the opposite of masculinity. It's now you're partaking in the vulnerable because no, right. nobody that's secure confident, loving, connected, right, is, is choosing to go into pornography and have their bodies abused by other men in that space. Like, it's the people that are yearning for love, connection, financial gain, like the people that are need, in, in need. And oh, so by, that was that was pretty big for me a couple of years ago when I, I, I made a commitment. I'm like, you know what? I do not want to be involved in making this thing continue to happen. Like, I'm one of the people that, that are involved in if everyone stopped watching, it would not be an industry. So be because of my involvement, other women, it's growing. And it, that 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 was very difficult to uh, process and made me feel pretty disgusting when I knew I was involved in that. That's what, And that's actually how I cut porn out. Uh, I, right. Yeah. Was, was thinking through I, that and then allowing that to just be the reality. Because it's the reality. If everyone stopped watching, there would be no vulnerable women and kids and all that, all of it being, uh, they, they wouldn't be taken advantage of it anymore. And so, yeah. So I'm no, I'm no medical expert either, but how weird is our culture that simultaneously with this being a huge boom, it's also a huge boom that more guys than ever can't actually perform sexually mm-hmm. with actual women and need medication. I'm not saying you need to be ashamed if you need medication for whatever, but I am saying there is a connection there society wide. And even with young men. Like, so that's another big thing. I don't want anything interfering with my marital sex life at all. That's been such a blessing for me. You know, when you're young, I'm like, I hope, I hope I can, you know, find someone that wants to marry me because I'd really like that part of life. And it has been such a blessing. I don't want to mess with it. So that's the other big thing. I have to tell you another huge help that a lot of times guys don't think about. And that's just your schedule. If you're busy doing stuff, changes everything. Sometimes it's just a change, just like habits and addictions. So to wit, one time I was a youth pit minister years ago and, you know, the guys that I was discipling, basically the high school guys, we're part of a missions trip. I took kids to Mexico. So there's girls, there's attractive girls, there's guys there, you know. Um, after the week was almost over, I asked the guys just we're kind of standing around getting some Gatorade or something like five or six guys. I'm like, so you guys struggled a lot with lust and pornography this week. And they're like, we haven't even thought about it. And they started laughing. They're like, we're not we haven't even my mind hasn't even gone there. And the reason was, even though there were attractive girls there, it was like, you're working all the time and you've got no privacy. So mm-hmm. literally just changing, just changing the environment and circumstances. Like that makes a huge difference. 
So yeah. that's another thing to tell, especially younger guys, but older guys too. Like, when, okay, when is this happening? Can we eliminate this, this habit from on, the, on that level too? Because if you're staying busy and you're, you're doing other stuff, like it's not as big an issue. I'm sure at your events, when guys are dead dog tired at night after working out and then doing stuff all day in the evening and they're sitting around laughing and joking with other guys, they're not struggling like they would if they were at home alone. Yeah. No. So we have the most isolated culture in human history. As far as anyone knows, the most isolated, it's not supposed to be this difficult, but it is, and it's not our fault. So I would like us to, I, I feel sorry for us. I'm not whining. I'm just saying, I'd like, before we just like everybody, you should just stop it. Like, well, this is really difficult. It's a real issue. God wants us to get over it so that we can move on. But let's acknowledge that this is really difficult. And, and doggone it, we have to we have to deal with it. Not everybody's mm-hmm. had to deal with this. Hmm. Hmm. No, that's good. People tend to uh, people. What I found is people tend to to sedate or to burn their kingdom down when they're either bored, overly bored or stressed, overly stressed. They'll find yes. those two things. So boredom is, is, can be cancerous. And so we're yes. built, uh, we're built to live on the edge. Like as men, we're built to have to be on that edge where there's some risk, there's some excitement. There's, we're living a life of meaning and a value and a purpose. And yet so many guys have found themselves trapped in a place of comfort where they're not, reaching their potential. They're not really uh, living on the edge of, of what they're capable of. And so I feel, uh, so anyway, I love to see guys that are taking risks and, and enjoying life and like, like just, just not, not searching for comfort always in everything in their lives. Great. Uh, Yeah. Dude, that's so true. It's, it's such look the way evil works is it always looks good. And then it's a sucker punch that leaves you alone. Mm. leaves you lonely by yourself. That's it. That's how it always works. So it's, it's always a fake version of something awesome. And then it, it, it leaves you lonely. And it's fascinating to me. There's a Reddit forum just about people that have gone off porn. It's not Christian, but it's just like for your own, for our own good, like what does it do? And there's like 700,000 people in this forum. You should read the testimonies of people, the stories, about what happens to their personality when they stop. They're like, I, I'm more confident. I have more energy. People notice this. I'm more patient with people. I'm not angry at myself all the time. That's a very consistent thing. Like it's the the freedom when you when you see the other side of this. Like, I want that. It's very difficult to be done with a habit or done with something that you're addicted to if you're not in love with something bigger and better. So I think that's part of it too. Mm, having a vision. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you guys too, like imagine you being maximally you when you get a little older, like we need that. We do not need you caught up in this. So I just want you to know I'm rooting for you to be done with this so that you know, I don't want you to miss out on this vision, but do not let this, even if you're caught up in it, do not stop talking to God. God went with Adam and Eve. He kicked him out of the garden of Eden, but he went with them. He didn't abandon them. They're sinners. He's still with them. He's not, he knows you. He still wants to be with you, even however disgusting you think you are. But that's the biggest problem is the shame takes you away from your relationship with God. 
But if you stay in touch with God, keep talking to him, keep partnering with him and other facets of life, all the, all of life, keep going through that because he's going to change you. And that's going to be a big part of getting over this too, is your, your desires start to change because you're growing up spiritually. As long as you keep partnering with God and you keep talking to him, you slink away in shame, you're done. So you keep, just keep showing up faithfully as a sinner, say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Talk about work. Talk about family. Keep keep memorizing scripture. Keep doing this stuff. Even as you're struggling, don't don't. I'm begging guys, like, don't let this stop you from having this relationship with God. That's actually gonna. He's gonna do stuff in your life. Yet, don't don't throw in the towel. Mm, so good. What's uh, what's something most people don't know about you, Brant? Oh gosh, um, you're pretty open. But what's something most yeah. people don't know about you? Uh, I play in a rock band. I don't talk about it too much, um, or almost not at all. But I have a couple guys. I might have told you this, but I have a couple guys that I play with. We've done some gigs at some clubs around here. It's all cover music, which makes it really fun because people love that stuff. It's everything from like Brian Adams to Oasis to. Uh, the Cure, Simple Minds, Semisonic, like all that's like 90s, 80s, some 2000s, some Radiohead. What, what do you what do you play? I sing. I'm a pretty good rock singer. Strangely oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that you were the singer. That's fair. Yeah, I play, I play guitar and I sing and um, we have a ball with it. And I, it's not to get it. I don't need anybody's attention. I just like doing the music. Yeah. And these guys are both really easy going and in the same phase of life where it's like, we're not trying to make it or we don't even need to do this. We're all doing fine, but it's like, just want to have fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I got a guitar that uh, I'm practicing. A guitar has been on my list for a long time to to learn. And and I love, I mean, there's something about a guy playing a guitar, singing some music at a campfire that just uh, uh, (laughs) resonates with me, man. I want to be that guy. So I'm, uh, I'm committed. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> what uh, and and one a couple final questions and the reason uh, so I'm intrigued by by you, Brant, and the way you live your life uh, and 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 how I can gauge right. We've had some conversations, and I consider you a mentor through your books, through our conversations that we have because I just the the man of Christ that you are, the family man that you are, what you believe about uh, masculinity and vulnerability and taking care of the vulnerable and just your, your heart really shines through everything. When, when, when influencers and and big names are talking about just a constant, it's a constant uh, messaging about just massive success and building and grinding and this and that it's a, I've, I've been surrounding myself with people that are just more grounded and have more depth to themselves through their life experiences and uh, nothing wrong with the other stuff, but there's, there's a million of those guys out there. And so I enjoy just your grounded, uh, your grounded mind and heart. And so I'd love to hear from you. What, what you think success, like what is success to you? I want to be one of those old guys and I'm getting close. I want to be those old guys that can shut up and listen and then offer some wisdom if it's wanted. And is so secure with himself that he doesn't have to have the last word. He doesn't have to win. 
because a lot of guys I can see we're in a very affluent area here. Like we just got in under the wire before the housing crisis or housing prices went up. But I see a lot of guys that are 70, 75, and they're still grinding for, they're still needy. They're still needy. I don't, I want to be an old guy and starting now less and less needy where I'm so secure that people want to be around me because it's because peace, you know, and it, and it's especially cartoonish when older people aren't that way. If the, when they are that way, it's so beautiful. The, and then when they're not and they're still grinding, they're angry and still needy. Like it's, it's really, it's bad. So to me, that's kind of success. My short answer. The another short answer would be, I I think success in God's eyes is pretty obvious, and that's just faithfulness. That's that loyalty I was talking about, where you just keep coming back, because uh, even if you're caught up in sin, you still show up and you're honest with God. You keep talking, and that's pretty clear. What He considers to be spirituality is this faithfulness, even if you're not feeling it, you keep showing up. So thanks for the kind words too. I, I, uh, I appreciate it. I was going to say too, when I, when I saw your website first heard by your organization, when I saw your website and then saw that you listed, like I've, I've accomplished this and you listed your own failures among the other resume things that normally you'd include. Like I started this business. I injured my marriage I learned this. My wife is like that to me was like refreshing. And I can also see like we started the conversation with were how even the hurtful things like God can make something awesome out of it for other people. So maybe it, had you not had some failures, you'd be insufferable. You know, I think that's true for all of us. And, and and yet now you now you have a heart where you're, you yourself are like I need to keep growing and and also be a blessing to other people. That's uh, that's really cool. So. There's just so much power in our pain. One of my favorite verses is uh, I was teaching my nephew. My nephew had uh, so his dad. My 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 sister had him when she was 16. Adriana, amazing woman now, but man, really struggled. She was on drugs, wrong associations, and so had him. <clears throat> when she was 16 uh, and the guy was kind of a, kind of a deadbeat. So str- he struggled with drugs throughout his, his entire life. He's in jail right now, I believe. And so my, my nephew, Jacob uh, grew up without a dad and was raised by his mom his entire life. He just turned 18 uh, fairly recently, just graduated actually a couple, uh, a couple months ago. And so uh, I actually moved him and his mom and all of them out from Indiana out here to uh, Texas. I'm actually moving them on my property. Uh, but man, struggle. I mean, just just a lot of, a lot of darkness in his past. And I, I, I like part of, part of my role, I believe now is really mentoring as many people as humanly possible. And so I was I, I was working out with him last night. We ended up playing golf after. But after the workout, I, I like to, that's when I mentor my son is after my workout. So I was teaching him about this verse, James 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work, 
so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I've really gripped onto this verse. We even have shirts made, pain is the path, uh, really showing that like through the trials is how we evolve and grow and level up. And so like I was teaching him now, just, and I saw the lights turn on, like maybe there's a reason for the pain. Maybe there is some purpose in the pain of the, of the things that he has gone through. And so that's my hope is for people that have, have had that painful past, they, they get some clarity, like God, God has allowed it. There's some reason he's allowed that to happen. Yes. Some, there's some blessing somewhere in all of this. If we take responsibility now for the victim to it, we will be trapped and angry and we will dig a giant hole. But if we can find some level of responsibility in the way that we show up uh, on a regular basis, even despite our pain and in spite, and even maybe because of our, of our pain, we now are this new version and we take responsibility to mold ourselves and allow God to mold us from that pain. There's yeah. so much freedom and power in that. And so that's my, that's been my resounding message for probably the last year with our rut guys is man, like lean into the difficulty, lean into the pain, like <clears throat> the good pain, right? Not the intentional devastating stuff that you bring into your life, but like the stuff that's coming at you, like God's allowing it for some reason. So cool. There's some blessing. There's some beautiful yeah. blessing on the other side of this stuff. And it could be your own maturity and it could be somebody else's life changing because of it. Most guys, though, stop learning. The women, too. They just stop. And one thing that was really cool that happened at RuckCon, and I've had it happen in a, couple, a couple times now, I'll talk about this stuff about how to treat your wife. Like, you're the intruder, for instance, like you're, you're like we talked about. And there's some guy 65 years old. One time, he's like 70, 75. I had older guys at the end. They're offering their own responses. Like, give me the microphone. I just want to tell you, I have mistreated my wife verbally for 40 years. I have put her down with little slams. Mm -hmm. That stops today. Like suddenly aware of what I've done. And I, I'm just like, I, I cannot tell you how much I respect that. Because most people won't repent. Mm -hmm. Repentance just rethinking and saying, I'm going to turn a different direction here. But people get to the point where like, well, it doesn't matter now. Like, no, it does. Like the stuff you've been th starting now, like you're talking about, maybe you're listening to this and you're, you, you're 50 and you're like, well, but I've always lived this way. Like, but, but you can change. And the stuff, you, like, like you're saying, I, I can learn to live with this, this pain thing now and in light of the fact that God's going to do something with it. Like you can pivot. If anything, it's more impressive when somebody who's already lived half their life can say something like that. I'm like, dude, that's so rare and awesome. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in because I remember that happening and uh, it made me think about that. Like, <laughs> it's not too late. Love it. Love it. Uh, all right, Brent, Brent where, uh, man, it's been a pleasure. Where can people, where can people find you? Where can people? Um, my radio affiliates are listed on my websites is branthanson.com. But check out the Brant and Sherry Oddcast. Again, it's just Brant, B-R-A-N-T and Sherry Oddcast. It's humor oriented, but it's also about spiritual growth and stuff. Um, and all the books are on Amazon, you know, so that's easy to find all the usual book places. So, okay. Love it, brother. Well, I appreciate your time and your commitment to, uh, making a difference in this world and, uh, bringing about light, um, and peace. And so I, uh, yeah, grateful to have you on the show and looking forward to staying connected long-term. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, man. Thanks, Brent. 
Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes, which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe. And check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com. 